everybody and welcome to another episode of Air to Fuel Ratio. As always, I am your host, Demir, and I'm joined by Max. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Hamza. How's it going, guys? Thank you for joining us today. Uh, on today's episode, we will be covering automotive news. So basically, we just cover what's going on currently in the news, and we all pick a topic, and we kind of go from there. Back and forth discussion. Uh, Hamza, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Yeah, I'm pretty excited to talk about the uh, STI S209. Uh, kind of a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> So Subaru is refreshing the STI, which everybody loves. Um, I'm not a huge Subaru fan, but uh, it's kind of cool that they're bringing something with a little more power, a little more punch. It looks like they're kind of trying to go for like a Civic Type R thing with the uh, external modifications. It's got a big wing and uh, kind of like these fender flares that don't really look like they fit very well, but I think if you maybe drop it an inch and a half or something, it might... Uh, it might fit better, but uh, so according to Subaru, um, this car is based off of the car that won the SP3T class at the 2018 24 hours of Nürburgring, uh, making the fifth time STI dominated <laughs> the SP3T class at the grueling endurance race, um, which is kind of cool. I like that they're like basing, uh, basing the car off of uh like you know a real real world applied race car um i think that says a lot about subaru's commitment to racing which um i think d d no matter how you feel about subaru uh they're you know they're definitely out there in motorsport um uh, so that's cool um so the kind of features of the car is it's going to come with 341 horsepower from uh a 2.5 liter ej25 uh I'm sorry, uh, let me rephrase that. A thoroughly reworked, re reworked version of the legendary EJ25, uh, which I, I love that they put that in their uh, fresh release. Um, uh, exclusive 19 by 9 inch, that's a pretty big wheel, uh, forged BBS wheels with uh, some nice Dunlop SB Sport Max GT600A tires. Um, I'm curious what treadwear those are. Um, I'm, the I believe the... Civic Type R came with a 200 treadwear tire off of the, um, off of the line, which is like really impressive, uh, for, for Honda to do that. Um, so we'll see kind of when it gets a little closer to its release date. Uh, it's coming back with the Brembo brakes with a uh, high friction pad. So that means lots of squeal, lots of squeal. Um, only 200 units of this car are going to be made and all of them are earmarked for the U S and they're going to come in two colors. Um, looks like the World Rally Blue, which uh, the SCI is known for, with gray wheels and a crystal white pearl with gold wheels. And uh, pricing will be announced a little later, but it looks like everybody's estimating around 62 grand, which is a lot of money for a Subaru. Um, I don't really care who you are. That's a ton of cash. Um, yeah, uh, just your kind of basic... Uh, STI uh, drivetrain stuff, nothing too crazy in there. It's it looks like it's coming exclusively with the six-speed manual, which is nice, um, and uh, just like your regular uh, front and rear rim limited slip differentials and uh, the uh, usual driver control center differential. So Hamza, can I can I translate all that what you just said? <laughs> so basically, uh, sure. basically what you just said is uh, Subaru put the exact same engine that they used for the last 45 million years yeah. into another STI rather than actually making a new engine. They yep. slapped a 
body kit on it, did some wheels and tires, which you already mentioned you have to lower it anyway, you have to do this, you have to do that, so really it's not even fully modified. And they're going to price the crap out of it and make it sound like it's special when it's really not. That's kind of what I got yeah, from they, that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. They did a, a little bit of um, beefing up the internals in the EJ, and it looks like the internals in the Turbo, um, which is built by HKS. And I think, I want to say all of the Subarus recently have been, but um, so it's got a larger turbine and compressor up 6 and 8% per, 8 respectively. Um, and uh, they've increased boost pressure to 18 versus 16.2, which is where they're finding their little extra bit of horsepower. Um, which, I mean, you can do with a Cobb access port on a regular SDI. So easily, yeah, so easily. But you And for $62,000, I mean, that's... Yeah, well, and I'm going to say that's an estimate just kind of floating around on the internet. So let's... But, you know, it's Subaru, so they the last... Um, the last new version of the STI was what selling for fifty one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I was just say to me this sounds just kind of like a fanboy car. You know, it's it's going after the the core audience. Um, there's nothing really new and inventive to bring people into the vehicle t that are maybe on the fence or might be driving a Toyota or Honda. Um, I'm just yeah, it's it's. From reading it on paper, it sounds cool, and 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 it sounds like, yeah, it might be fun, but it's one of those, like, is it really worth it? Do we have to wait for a track day, someone to take it out and test it, you know? Well, I guess I question, you know, what's a, what's a standard STI, what, 40,000? 42, to f depending on. Okay, so let, let's say this thing is 62, and the base model is 45. That extra 20K or so... I just feel like if I dumped 20k into an STI, it would smoke this thing left and right. So it's almost like, what's the point? You're just you're just doing it for the fact so you can say, well, I've got one of 200. Look how cool I am. Yeah, I mean, to me, that really seems like the only reason they're putting the price on it. And and why is it? Why are they only doing the 200? Is that just to try to to get the enthusiast to buy it before they question it, or? I think just kind of the exclusivity of having, like Demir said, you know, you could say, oh, I have you know, one of 200 or whatever. And that's a pretty big deal for, you know, car collectors. I think for guys like us, we made, man, I, I wouldn't care. And especially when you, when you modify something, I mean, this would be something you wouldn't touch. If it's one out of 200, you put this thing under a, you know, in a climate controlled room under a tarp or something and never look at it again and sell it years later for millions of dollars. I guess that's that's the point. Is it seems more like a collector car than it does seem like a car for the motorsports enthusiast, even though they're trying to market it as a performance-based car. And speaking of that, I really don't like when manufacturers say, based on the legendary winning yada 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 car, but if you read the fine print, like they literally only have to like have the two cars share a shift knob or something, and you can say it's based on. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying they did that. I just I just wonder how much it's actually based on the car that won the Nürburgring race, you know? The interior hasn't changed. I'm I'm looking at a photo here and it I mean it looks exactly like the interior of the Subaru has looked like for the last like <laughs> decade. Um they changed some of the materials around, which is cool, I guess. Uh, but Yeah, but that's like a like a person getting a haircut. I mean, is it really 
is it really worth the the again the extra twenty grand that you're going to be spending on the car for, because the interior is a little different, or they might use some leather here and some cloth there? Yeah, it still has that god awful giant shifter. I hate that about the STI. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's just a it's just a uh, serial number exclusive model special edition kind of thing. I I really don't see much behind it that. At least for me that I would get excited about. I don't see where I'm like, oh wow, this is like the performance one I need to have. I would personally just buy. Granted, I wouldn't buy an STI, but if I was to buy an STI, I would just buy the base model and spend that money paying for track days and tires. You know, <laughs> let alone modifying it, and making it better. So. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean it. I th I think like you guys were saying, it's kind of the type of people that buy the Matchbox cars, leave them in the plastic and, and, and set them in, in a shelf to, to sell later versus people like us who wants to actually play with the toy that they spent all that money on. Perfect. Well, it sounds like uh, Subaru is going to have an in interesting one on their hands and we'll see um, what it actually does if somebody ever actually does take it out on a track. Um, moving on from the Subaru STI, uh, I actually want to talk about the new Shelby GT500. Um, first of all, I want to start off by saying that I am not a Mustang guy in in many ways, um, but I do respect the new current generation uh, Mustang GT. I think it's actually a really good car. And then they came out with the GT350, which in my opinion is a fabulous car. There's not much that it needs to be really fun on the track. And then the noise that it makes, I mean, that flat, flat plane crank V8 is just... It's amazing, and so when I read that the 500 pretty much takes every aspect of the 350, uh, braking, handling, power, cooling, makes it all better, that to me was pretty amazing. And so let me let me give you guys some of the specs. So it's gonna be the most powerful, so listen to that for a second, the most powerful street legal Ford ever made. That includes the Ford GT, so it's supposed to be north of 700 horsepower. It makes that from a hand-built 5.2-liter V8 with a 2.65-liter supercharger. It has 16.5-inch uh, brake rotors with six-piston Brembos, which for factory is just huge. And all the arrow on the car is actually functional. And get this, you actually even have a chance to option for carbon fiber wheels, which to me is just kind of insane. So um, it's supposed to be priced around 70K. So perfect example, I pay an extra 8K and make the STI look silly. How do they do that in 70 grand? <laughs> the hand-built uh, Skyline, like the, uh, the, um, the R35, right? And yep. th that's a hand-built engine and i think those things go for like 50 grand alone. well they they started off in the 90k price range and then the, now they're like in the 120s but um yeah, i mean it isn't it is an american car so i think typically that yeah makes them cheaper but yes but you're also talking about ford which ford's only going to have how many cars coming out in 2020 in well, america you know they're gonna have a ton of crossovers and suvs and trucks and they make enough money off the ford f-150 to really do whatever they want to do but I don't know, just to me, reading some of the specs, I mean, all the arrows functional. Um, it actually, I read somewhere, and I'm not sure if it's true, but they're saying that this car actually makes um, as much or maybe more downforce than the 4GT, which is crazy. And then on top of that, the... Um, so my only, my only complaint with this car is they took away the, the flat plane crank 
they have a regular crank in there, so you're not going to have the same sound that the 350 makes, which I think is just amazing. Um, but I guess when I hear this car, I'll know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, and it's actually going to do 0 to 60 under 3 seconds, the quarter mile under 11 in factory form, and then it's also going to have a, uh, a dual clutch uh, transmission. Well, with 700 horsepower trying to keep that planted on, on the road, I, I bet you need a double clutch in there. I'm just saying for the price tag, though, a double clutch, all that performance, all that power, that's pretty pretty impressive, like I was saying. I don't know. You're also the guy who had a Honda Civic that had over 500 horsepower, and how much, how hard was that thing to drive on the road? Right, but keep in mind, this is a Econobox Honda Civic. I mean, as much as I love my Civic, at the end of the day, it's an Econobox that I basically put on steroids to push 500 horsepower through the front wheels. And this car is, you know, it's designed as a, as a basically a race car from the beginning. It's got way bigger uh, footprint, especially in the rear with the tires that it's going to have. And the whole car was built around being 700 plus horsepower, where my Civic was built for 200. And then I just said, eh, let's add like 300 more and see what happens. Yeah, the, the way that they'll kind of support all of that power. I mean, there's chassis bracing. Um, back in the day, I think it was the old Mustangs, they would bend, a, you know, like <laughs> the frame would bend a bit um, when they started making real power. And uh, that's just... So so you know as you're building a a car around that much power I mean you're 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 increasing the strength of the frame you're uh you're adding bracing in places that maybe the regular Mustang frame doesn't have and so just like just like Demir said it's you can't really uh you can't really compare the two Well but I mean that's kind of along the same the same thing is if they started out wanting to have a $90,000 price tag and now they're down to 70, they're cutting, they're cutting corners, but they got to be doing something to bring that down. So, I mean, are we losing some technology, some strength, or are we replacing a, a steel bar with a, you know, something else? I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to argue uh, with you on that, Max. Actually, I think that's the difference. What Subaru did is they took a $40,000 car, added a bunch of, really not that expensive bits and made it overpriced whereas ford was being realistic they said look you can buy a gt mustang with a great 5.0 liter motor and keep in mind those five liters are amazing right and you can buy one of those cars for 35 40k and so all they did really was add the extra pieces and then priced it accordingly they didn't go crazy and say hey this is special edition serialized and i'm sure it still will be serialized because it is a gt500 but they kept it realistic, and I'm sure there's going to be, you know, extra fancy packages you can get that make it even more expensive, but to me, it just sounds like they added the parts and said, hey, here's a fair price, and, and this is what it is. I got to ask you guys, though. So, like I said, I'm not a huge Mustang fan, even though I do like the current one, but have you seen photos of this thing yet? Because it might be one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a great-looking car. I I mean, say what you will about Ford and, and whatever, you know whatever the decision business de decisions they they've made recently as far as killing their sedans and um they've got some i mean we see it when we go to SEMA. they've got love for motorsport like you can you see it right you, you go to the the ford booth and it takes up like half the you know you know that entire side of the of the uh convention hall i mean it's you go outside and they've got cobras and f-150s just screwing around in the in the lot in the parking lot it's, they know what they're doing um 
they know where the money is and it's a shame that the market is going towards SUVs and crossovers, but that's where we're at right now. And, you know, in 10 years, we're going to be like, oh, it's a shame. We're not going to be driving our cars anymore, you know, <laughs> So as we're taking out our teeth. I don't know. I just, I guess what I wanted to say was um, if, if you told me, you know, I have 70K to spend on a car, I, I wouldn't think I'm going with a Ford Mustang, but I look at it right now, the cars that I could get for around the 70 K price tag. I don't know. I'm kind of wanting to buy this car. Like I look at it and I compare it to, you know, if I was to compare it to other, other cars in that price range, or maybe even a little bit less or a little bit more. And, and I just think about 700 horsepower plus, that's going to be all the power you ever need. And then some it's already has six piston giant. I mean, 16 and a half inch rotors. Goodness gracious. I it's three inches bigger than mine. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you had to upgrade yeah. it to be three yeah. inches smaller. You know what I mean? Um, and on top of that, it's gonna have it's gonna have active cooling. It has epic downforce. The rear wing is actually really amazing, and it, to me, it, I don't know, it just looks really good. What was the size of the supercharger again? Uh, so the supercharger was actually bigger than your engine, <laughs> um, and bigger than my engine, and bigger than Max's engine. It's a uh, two point six five liters. <laughs> it's bigger and, than and most. Here's, here's the best part, though. Um, Ford actually did a beautiful thing. So. When you typically see a supercharger, you picture a engine with a supercharger on top. Ford actually found a way to invert it where the supercharger goes into the part where the V of the V8 is. So it makes the engine sit lower. It makes it not have to have this epic bulging hood. And essentially that helps with center of gravity, helps with heating, helps with cooling, helps with a million different things. And if you guys haven't looked at it, look at the pictures of under the hood, look at the uh, the, the engine setup and it's actually pretty uh pretty unique they actually did a pretty good job on that i, I was impressed that's cool I, I guess my only thing is is looking at these cars for the future is that talk is cheap it's all about practicality until we can actually see these cars on the track and see the tests and and see the actual numbers and actual how they drive drift uh, hold um is is why i'm kind of very cynical no, Max, I agree. And until we actually see this uh, this car perform on the track and see what it can actually do in real life, we don't really know. But when I look at it on paper, I would say that as compared to the STI, I actually like the specs, the numbers, the cost. It, it adds up and makes sense. The STI to me didn't add up and make sense. So at least in the paper world, this car is going to be better. But honestly, until we see both on track, we won't we won't really know. Well, and I agree there, like uh, like it was said before, that it's not a limited edition. So this is actually a car that seems like it was being built for an audience, not just being built for uh, a specific uh, niche in the in the market. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on from the uh, Shelby GT500 and let's go over to Max. Uh, Max, what's your topic today? So I'm talking about the uh, 2020 Supra. That's that's uh, all the news lately. Um, I mean, it's been, what, 20 years since we've had any talk about a new Supra uh, from Toyota, and it's it's really exciting, and I was so happy to hear it, and I was, like, on top of the world, because, I mean, again, being a Fast and Furious fan, you, you, just, you just have that love for that car, until you start looking at the pictures and reading about it, and then it becomes depressing, and maybe that's why I'm kind of cynical, and this whole episode is from the research I did on the on the new Supra coming out. Um and comparing prices, let's start off. This is going to be, you know, it's roughly estimated for about a fifty to $51,000 car. Uh, so it puts it in that market of being obtainable. But again, is it worth it? 
And I say that, and I'm going to start start right off the bat, because it doesn't have a 2JZ engine that they, they upgraded or they, they took the old Supra um, you know, mantra and, and ran with it. It's got a BMW motor in it. And it's to me, that was just deflating on the whole thing. Bringing a car that hasn't been around for so long and saying, oh, well, here's a BMW motor from the parts bin. Let's go ahead and just throw it in our new Supra. That's just, it seems like it's, it's a cash grab and not really something of like, let's revitalize, um, revitalize a, a, a long tradition, a legendary car. Um, and maybe, maybe what I need to do is actually post the video I watched. Um, I, I forget who it was, but there was a gentleman talking about racing his, his Supra in the 90s on Nurbo Ring, and then uh, getting all excited about the new Supra coming out and taking it there and, and running it. And I saw that first, and that really got me excited. And t like I said, until I started doing some research, I mean, it's, <clears throat> again, another deflation is it's going to have, a, you know, an eight-speed automatic gearbox. Uh, there isn't any talk that I, I could find that's going to be talking about putting a, a manual transmission in there, which, again, as being a car racing enthusiast, um, automatic transmissions, yeah, it can be good. They have their benefits, but I'm old school when it comes to that. I want to have that control that, or at least even something that's semi, you know, semi-manual, a sports mode, something like that, something that gives me some control. I want to stay in third gear. I want to stay in fourth gear. Uh, going around this corner. I, I know how it's going to hold. I don't want a computer sitting there making me think that, am I going to have to let off the gas or push the gas more? Am I going to go into a spin a little bit? So with that, uh, just some specs on the car too. It's got 335 horsepower. It does have a 50 to 50 weight dis, uh, distribution, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, 4.1 seconds, 0 to 60. 365 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, we're looking at about 33, 3400 pounds. Uh, with the top speed factory tune of 155. Again, uh, standard wheels on this. We're looking at 18 inch uh, with an optional 19. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the picture here that uh, Car and Driver posted with all the different supermodels. And again, it. I mean, to me, it just it doesn't look like it's there. Uh, maybe some hints of Supra, but I don't really feel that we have that that traditional. I don't know mean look that the, the super had that sports look that the super had it to me it looks like every other car that's kind of on the market now with curves and a little wing and 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 that um interior wise it's going to have an optional eight inch screen uh the interior i mean if you guys have seen it is it's a little too futuristic for me i think um it, what's funny is like some of the controls for the audio system look like something from the 90s and then you have uh, a 8 inch screen on top like that's just a weird blend overall um, again I I'm just really deflated and until I see this car actually perform I think on paper it's it's just looking like a cash grab more and more um, the only benefit I really saw out of it was at Barrett Jackson uh, in Scottsdale Arizona uh, the uh, first globally produced 2020 uh, GR Supra went for uh, 2.1 million, which actually was to benefit uh, American Heart Association and the uh, Bob Woodruff Foundation. So to me, if it's helping out some people and, and getting some cash into some charities, you know, I, I guess there's a positive. I think deflated is a really 
really great word to use. Uh, and I feel like a lot of us feel that way. I think BMW and Toyota announced their partnership four years ago. And I read that despite, oh, along with the language barrier, they talked about the differences between how the Japanese and the German people, which I think is really interesting, uh, uh, manufacture cars, treat motorsport, you know, think and um, <clears throat> the decision to make the, the Supra essentially a BMW uh, is fascinating to me because BMW makes amazing cars. Toyota, you know, makes great engines or used to anyway. <laughs> um, and it just, it's interesting to me because Toyota did this with Subaru where they like decided to give all of like the, you know, the, the kind of slam dunk shots, right? Like to, to another manufacturer. It's like, we'll just throw our badge on it. You guys do your thing. <laughs> and uh, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, you guys have made fantastic cars in the past. Obviously, the, the, the Supra being one of them, the MR2, uh, the A86. It's like, how do you go from that and and and, and then here we are and, and you're making, you, you, you're not making, you're just throwing your, your badge on a car that's made by a completely different company. It's just like, where's the you know, like, where's the business sense? Like, what's, where's the benefit in splitting the market with a German competitor or a Japanese competitor in the case of the 86 and the BRZ? But you know what, Hamza, though, to your point, yes, to that point, true. But the other point that I have on that is at least with the BRZ, it's two Japanese companies doing right. it. And at least most Japanese cars follow a similar mm -hmm. mantra or style, if you will. But mixing with a German, it'd, it'd be like if, if uh, you know, BMW was like, we want to make a nimble, efficient sports car. We're going to partner with Dodge. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't pick a muscle car manufacturer to help you make a nimble. You know, so the the, the two cultures of cars don't mesh. And here here's my biggest problem. Actually, I have three things I want to talk about real quick. First one is the uh, one of the head people at Toyota actually got quoted saying... We really respect all the people who love the Supra, and we wanted to make sure that this car lived up to everything they were looking for, which is why we made the decisions that we made. And I'm like, so you, I, so you actually addressed and acknowledged all these people that love the Supra, and then you failed. Two, car and driver posted a picture of the BMW interior and the Supra interior, and it's the same. There's like subtle, small differences, but to me it's the same thing. I mean, you didn't even try to like make it different. It's literally badge engineering from the '90s. You know, you got the same car with a you know a Chevy, a, a Cadillac, a GMC version of it, kind of a thing. Um, so aside from the badge engineering, my other complaint is, at least this is my perspective. If I'm wrong, guys, please please let me know. But when I think about the '90s, if I'm comparing the Supra to German cars, I'm comparing it to your M cars, your M3, your, right? Whereas Ferraris, the specs of this Supra, <laughs> right, right, but I'm saying if, if I'm going BMW, yeah, okay. the specs of this Supra compared to a Z4, or even worse, to a basic 3 Series BMW. I mean, if I go out and I buy a 335i coupe, it makes like 330, 40 horsepower, 
and the same number of torque that this new car makes. And mind you, it's actually priced cheaper than the 50K. And I can say that I own a BMW, not a Toyota. Mind you, not a Lexus, a Toyota. Which is the other side of it too. Um, <clears throat> Lexus, like their, you know, Toyota's like other arm, they've got some really great engines in there. Like some really powerful cars, some really great chassis. Like what, why didn't they just pull from that if you if they're going to pull from a parts bin? Why reach across the ocean? <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense. The, there's no DNA. It's, it's, it's all wrong. It, it doesn't feel like it's, like I said, it's a car that hasn't been around for over 20 years, and now you're bringing it back, and you're doing it... <laughs> you're doing it wrong. It's, it's not what I would expect from, from Toyota at all. And you can play around with other... You know, if they would have done a joint venture and released a new Toyota, some car name here is fine, but you're messing around with the Supra. Yeah. And, and the other bit that's even more mind-blowing to me is you have the NSX come back, Granted, it's a hybrid car, but, but it's, it's amazing. fantastic. Yeah, it, we're talking that. So that's a direction you go in. You're like, hey, we're we're seeing. I mean, the the Porsche 918 is a hybrid, right? Like, <laughs> we're seeing a, a a trend in 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 car manufacturing, and you know, people want hybrids, and we we can make a car that makes tons of power with a hybrid engine. Great, you know. It, it, also, the the NSX has all wheel drive now, right? Like it, it so. Right. <laughs> exactly so that's a trend that like okay we can those are places where we'll meet you halfway like you want to put it you know and it looks amazing i mean it's beautiful but it's it's also arguably better than the original especially mm -hmm. when it comes to power and all that and you look at the gtr okay so the gtr didn't go hybrid mm -hmm. and as much as fanboys want to love the r34 we have to be honest the 35 is a better car yeah and you look at the 35 and again nissan did it right so my thing is it's not like toyota said we are the first ones to try this, you know, brave feat of bringing back a legend and we failed. It's like, no, Nissan did it. They made a blueprint. Honda saw that blueprint, made it even better. And then Toyota said, okay, I see what you guys did. I'm not doing that. I'm going to do something really stupid. Yeah. It was like, hold my beer. And then they fell flat on their face. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And even to add to that, I mean, what, you know, I'm I'm a Honda guy. I love Hondas, but I mean, I, I even had to give respect whenever Ford, Dodge, and all those guys came out. You know, bringing back their classic cars. I mean, at least they they kept true to the original feel, the original look. And I mean, you watch the Dodge commercials, and you go, oh yeah, you know, the '60s and '70s, and and you know, the new 2000s, 2010s, whatever. Um, it you you felt that DNA, the DNA there. You felt that that history there with this i mean it, yeah it it looks like a brz or something it doesn't look like it's a new car it doesn't feel like it's the the 90 supra upgraded or anything like that i mean you even look you you look at some of these and they had flip up headlights and yeah i give it the 90s um supra had was curvy and everything like that but you got to model the car different i mean even with the nsx they they i think they went a little crazy with the styling on it but still, you felt that they really put a lot of time and passion into it. And with this, it just felt, you know, it feels like, it, oh, we're going to pull from what we already have with the BRZ, and we're going to pull BMW's parts bins. It's like, let's see what we have laying on the floor or on the shelf. We'll throw it together, and we'll sell it. Max, I agree with you, but I also want to point out that my confusion is they talk about a partnership between Toyota and BMW. First off, let me say that'd be like, 
you know, Dodge saying we need to work on our new, let's bring back the legendary, you know, Plymouth Cuda and we'll have a Honda, par- Honda <laughs> partner with us and throw us some VTEC in there. Like, it just doesn't make sense. One, two, at least, at least with uh, collaborations, they're collaborations. This Supra is not a collaboration. No. It's 99% BMW. Yeah. The drivetrain, the engine, the interior, the... They literally slapped some badges and they put a different skin on it. That's it. It's yeah. the same car. It's, it's odd. Uh, it's just a strange decision in, in every way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they gave they gave BMW a shell and pretty much like here build your car and and you be happy with it. And I would have been happy if they did that. that. That's if, where they left if it. If they actually did that, if they were like here we built this chassis, put your engine in it, I would have been like that's a collaboration. But they didn't even do that. They like like Demir said, they literally, you know, this thing came out of. Um, Bavaria and <laughs> right and uh it made its way over to, to Japan and Toyota was like all right cool stamp it with the Toyota logo and let's get this thing rolling right it's like I'm just... gonna start calling it the Das Supra Das Supra <laughs> that's awesome or would it would it be Der Supra I don't know I gotta work on my German uh German language there but um so let's do a little bonus segment if we can um so we're talking about um we're talking about collaborations and we're not going to go too deep into this. And I, I know I'm ad living here guys. And you're looking at me like, what's he doing? But we're talking about bad collaborations and just messing things up. I think Hamza, you were telling me there's rumors of them trying to do an MR2 as well. And it's going to be a, a Subaru or something. Another well. Subaru. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially it looks like they're just going to toss in a, a, like a WRX engine in there. And it's like, what, <laughs> what? why? Like just, just develop an engine. Use something going on. Like use the the uh, IS two fifty engine or something. Like, I don't like what other legendary name of yours can you ruin? Yeah. And it's like and it's like you said they have Lexus. Like use Lexus. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean Lexus is pumping out all sorts of amazing stuff. It it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm I am baffled, and it. I guess I'm I'm partially excited about the fact that all three of us agree exactly on on a subject and on a car. Because a lot of times we'll have different opinions, and, and which is obviously awesome because that's what makes this whole thing fun. But the fact that you have three different enthusiasts who typically are fairly varied and fairly, you know, all over the place when it comes to what their car choices are. If all three of us think it's a pile and we're disappointed, I mean, that's just an epic fail for, for Toyota. And I think it should be uh, stated that I, I don't think there's anything wrong with BMW. I think the error is on Toyota. I think that car in it, in and of itself is going to be a cool car. And, and I think that 50 K price tag might be a little too high for me, considering the M two is kind of right in there. And I feel like you get a little more bang for your buck with the M two. It's just a, it's just an odd decision, uh, just to kind of round everything out. And, uh, I think I think it'll be a cool, great car. I think it'll be fun on the track. That that fifty fifty weight distribution is awesome, and I think we should mention that it it's kind of gonna be in that size of the Miata, right? Like it's it's a little bigger than the ND is what it what it looks like, correct? Um, but we're talking about weight. My ND fully fully wet weighs under twenty three hundred. Right. So you've got another thousand pounds on top of it, or or even more. I mean, almost thirty four hundred pounds curb weight stock i'm talking about dimension wise not weight wise no i agree with you but what's the point of dimension if you weigh a ton more oh i i i agree i mean it's it's all in how um 
you know, how it uses that. But I mean, it's got a, a much bigger engine in there. So of course it's going to weigh more. And, and, it, and if it's kind of going down that line of, I mean, it's using the BMW interior. So it's got, you know, a lot more, well, quote unquote, higher quality plastics, maybe um, something that looks a little better. Although I, I love the ND interior, but I don't want to turn this into an ND fest. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess to round it out, Hamza, and you guys, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the biggest the biggest problem here is is that it's blasphemy to make your biggest legendary name not even your own car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to break it down like this. With the Subaru, they're only making 200, so it's kind of a limited edition. Uh, they're going with the same formula they always have, so you know, you know it pretty much works out of the gate. Yeah, it feels like a cash grab, but in the same sense, it also feels like you know what you're getting, and, it, and it's going to be a, a decent car you know, for that niche group, yeah. but still, there's only 200. They're not making 200,000 or anything like that. The Mustang, I personally think it's it's going to be a little overpowered and maybe cheaped out on some things. But again, like you said, Demir, it's, it, looking on paper, it's, it's a solid car, and it's going to be for the masses. It's going to be a mass-produced car. It should, you know, it, it should be for the enthusiast. You, you, you feel that looking at that car, but the, the Supra, I don't get that. It sounds expensive. It doesn't have the DNA. It and it it feels like a BMW badge for Toyota. And it's again, yeah, like you guys have said, it's blasphemy. And I don't know. I, I don't know what to say past that. Yeah. Who are, who are they marketing it to? Because the diehards, you know, I mean, they're not going to go after that. Well, there's no manual. The diehards are already done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nothing about this is appealing. It's it's an eight-speed automatic. So that's out it's a, got a bmw motor you know so it doesn't even have the heritage of the 2jz or anything related to it anything related to toyota in that aspect it's a heavy car so again even if it's the size of a miata or a little bit bigger it's a heavy car so if you're trying to whip it around in a turn you're going to go either off the track or you're going to spin in a circle versus being able to hold you know hold it it's got 19 inch wheels optional 18 inch i mean it has nothing that's standing out to say man this is a cool car this has got innovation this has got something it's shelf part shelf part shelf shell here you go 50 grand yeah shame shame on you toyota all right so now that we've beaten the uh bmw z4 trying to be a super thing uh to a bloody pole let's go ahead and talk about our next episode uh hamza do you want to take care of that next week we are going to introduce or do our first uh episode with the time machine segment uh essentially we pick a year uh, in this case it'll be 1995 and we just talk about a specific uh automotive advancement uh maybe a specific vehicle that we we like from that year uh maybe just anything car related even a, a movie that came out something that really stands out to us about 1995 in regards to motorsport or um, cars. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, be sure to check out our website, circuit94.com. A lot of great photos inf and information about us there. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at circuit underscore 94. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Peace. Bye.